Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 90. Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas is the second largest cruise ship in the world, and it's an amazing destination that offers so much for guests to enjoy. The ship is packed with entertainment, activities, dining, and places to relax. Oasis of the Seas raised the bar in terms of what a cruise ship can be, given just how much there is to see and do on board. So this week, I will continue our Top 5 series with the Top 5 Oasis of the Seas, where we list my top five things to do on the Oasis of the Seas. Here we go. There's so many great things to do on a Royal Caribbean cruise, and each ship offers a little something different. So this week, I wanted to continue our series where we're doing our top five. And in each top five episode, we'll discuss the top five things about the topic at hand that we think are not to miss great activities on board. And this can be ships, it can be activities, it can be dining, really any part of the cruise experience. And this week, we're looking at Oasis of the Seas. And Oasis of the Seas, of course, is one of the most famous Royal Caribbean ships out there. It gained a huge amount of notoriety when it first came out. And even in the years since, it still retains the distinction of being an amazing cruise ship. I've had the uh, real pleasure of being able to sail on Oasis of the Seas a couple of years ago. Loved it. Going to be trying out Allure of the Seas, actually, next year. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later on in this episode. But it's an amazing ship, and you know, sitting down to come up with the top five things on Oasis of the Seas, I'll tell you, it's no easy task. You know, when we're looking at the top five in general, it's never easy. You got to figure out, you know, what, what do you pick from. But with Oasis, there's just so much to choose from. And I'm gonna be honest. I know a lot of you love to debate this kind of topic. What are the top five of of anything we're gonna discuss here? I, I got to say that this one's going to be open for discussion because there's so much to do, and I don't think anyone's wrong per se. It's just, man, there's just so much that Royal Caribbean is packed into the Oasis of the Seas. So let's jump into our top five Oasis of the Seas. All right, are we ready? Here we go. Number five, the zip line. So one of the things I was thinking about when I was considering my top five list is, you know, I always try to go for parts of the ship events, activities, whatever, that are unique. Something that's not just across the whole fleet. Now, that makes it any worse, because let me tell you, the rock climbing wall is still a really fun thing to do. You know, the Royal Promenade is on a number of ships. It's still fun. But when there's something special, something unique about a ship, it really adds a little je ne sais quoi. And Oasis of the Seas came out with a zip line that goes across Central Park. And we'll talk a little bit about that later as well. And what's so cool about this is, A... It's a zip line at sea, which, if I'm not mistaken, I'm no expert on other cruise lines, but I'm pretty sure I haven't read about any other cruise lines having a zip line at sea. So, so we'll at least say that it's very rare to have this. It's still only available on the Oasis class ships, and it's free. It's a really cool experience, and it's just something totally unique. And you know what? It feels at home on the Oasis of the Seas. I think, you know, on other ships, it might seem a little weird an idea, but on Oasis, you just. You don't even bat an eye. Oh, of course, there's a zip line there. It's a cool thing, and it's fun. Zip lines, having done the zip line at Labadee now, I can tell you that the zip line on Oasis of the Seas is much tamer, but it's still a pretty cool experience. And, you know, considering that on Labadee you pay, at least of the recording of this podcast, $100 per person, $99, you know, to be able to do it for free, even if it's a little short run, hey, that's a great value right there. And it's a lot of fun. It's great for, for kids who are old or tall enough and old enough to be able to do it, as well as adults. Your parents, grandparents, if you feel confident about it, hey, it's a great activity. And I think it really is one of those quintessential Oasis class activities. And and it just really struck me as something that I wanted to highlight because I really feel that the zip line offers a lot. So 
Number five is the zip line. But my number four, we're actually going to stay in the same part of the ship. We're just going to go down a couple decks, and that is the Central Park area. I fell in love with Central Park when I was in Oasis of these. I think it is the best neighborhood, in fact. I'm going to go out there and say, that's right. Sorry, all you fans of the end of the neighborhoods, but I, I really feel like Central Park is a huge home run for this ship because what it is essentially is a, it's a large area in the center of the ship. It, basically, instead of having just the ship be these deck, deck upon deck upon deck upon deck, which there still are, don't get me wrong, but instead you have this beautiful area that is multi-decks high and has over 12,000 plants. I mean, Central Park is 62 feet wide, 328 feet long, and you've got trees, you've got uh, all sorts of ferns and, and topiaries and flowers. You know, there's even birds on board that have stowed away from time to time. So it's a kind of, it, it's really cool. And what's really interesting, it's, it, this is not more than just some grass they put on there. They made this into, I think, one of the most beautiful areas on the ship. In fact, there's actually a horticultural side on board that can teach you all about the various flora that are available on the in Central Park. And it's just an amazing thing, not only in the daytime, just, you know, from the simple fact that they've got a living breed. These aren't fake flowers, flake trees. These are real things. They they definitely, breed, you know, they require watering. They require tending and, and all that good stuff. But they, you know, it, it's cool in the daytime. I think Central Park is actually better at night because of what Royal Caribbean does here. Because you have the, you know, the sun goes down, lights come up. And it's really well lit, but it's also really cool what they do there. There's usually this great orchestra that is just sitting in Central Park playing music, you know, classical music, and it's just the perfect setting. You've got some great restaurants there. You've got Park Cafe, Chops Grill, Giovanni's Table, just to name a couple. And, you know, it's just being there. It's one of the best places. I love it for having romantic nights out. When we were on Oasis of the Season, my wife and I decided we were going to go out to, we went to Giovanni's Table, and we had... You know, we got dressed up for it because, you know, especially restaurants, what we usually do. But we quickly discovered this is more than just going to the restaurant. This is the atmosphere. This is this makes it really. And and that's what really I love about Central Park is just the amazing area. It's just the feeling, the atmosphere of Central Park is it's more than just an area that has trees. I mean, Royal Caribbean really made this into an, like the ship's name, an oasis. And, and I think it's a really cool uh, frankly, underappreciated area. We had a Central Park balcony, which I think we just picked on almost a 50-50 shot, right? It was like that or a, or the boardwalk balcony. But we went for Central Park, and we loved it. It was just, it was one of the, you know, it's nice to see the ocean, but it's even better when you wake up and you've got Central Park there. You have, again, there were birds on our ship. I'm sure there are birds all the time. They just, you know, they get on in the various ports and get off later. But, you know, you hear the birds chirping, you, 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 the wind blows, the, the the trees rustle a little bit. It's really cool experience. It's something to have this at sea. I'll tell you, it, it's really impressive. And I and I gotta say that Central Park, I'm just I think the only surprise to me that it's about this list is that it's not lower or higher on the list. You know, in terms of closer to number one, but. You know, I, I think Central Park is an amazing experience. I mean, so, certainly something that, if you're going on an Oasis class ship, I hope you're spending you're planning on spending a lot of time in Central Park because it is just so and so darn impressive. And make sure you go again if you don't have that Central Park balcony. Make sure you're spending plenty of time at night, not just during the daytime, but go there in the evening, whether it's around dusk or it's really late at night. Enjoy. I love that live music. I just love being there. Wonderful. Number three on my list is Tiny Wonders. Now, this is a really cool little thing, and you know what? I don't think there's enough uh, attention to these little things. So, Oasis of the Seas is filled to the brim with art. I mean, really, just filled to the brim. There's so much that is going on there. And part of their art experience 
that Royal Caribbean, Royal Caribbean commissioned so many pieces of art. I mean, you've got the arts in the in the hallways, in the staircases, in the dining rooms. I mean, just everywhere in your stateroom, probably. I mean, there's it's all over the place, right? But these are really cool. There, there are these little pieces, uh, 42 actually, across the ship called Tiny Wonders. And basically, they come in two forms. One is that you'll see these hidden, these brass binoculars on a stand, or you'll see what looks like kind of a telescope pointing down to the ground. And in either case, you kind of you look around and be like, what is this thing? You peek in, and you see these all sorts of beautiful, tiny pieces of art. And this is just a really cool thing. And I love that they've kind of hidden them throughout the ship. It's not just like, you know, they're just, all right, here's 42 of them in a row. They're all over the place. They're in Central Park. They're on different various decks. They're, you know, near the the Windjammer. I mean, they're just all over the place. And it's a cool little diversion. And you're going to find yourself very quickly. At first, it's like, oh, that's kind of cute. But pretty quickly, you're going to start looking around. You're going to be peeking around corners like, where are the rest of them? I want to see them all. I got to, it's that, it's like, it's that, that Pokemon mentality. You got to catch them all. Got to go see the ball. And it's really cool. And I think for kids, this is especially fun. I mean, even for adults, I love doing it. I love going to find them all. And it's one of the best examples of art. I think Royal Caribbean has, has done, does such an amazing job with art on board the ship. You know, they've always been dedicated to bringing a really good art experience on board in terms of, you know, a lot of attention recently has been paid to the quantum class ships with the larger than life bear. And now there's a giraffe on, on Anthem of the seas and, you know, all sorts of crazy art that is like, wow, that's really out there. But I love the little subtle things, the things that make you think the things that make you look for it. And this is a great example of it. And I really recommend again, among the things you got to do, there's lots you want to waste to the seas, but the tiny wonder should not be overlooked because it is a really cool experience. And something that I, frankly, it's, again, something that's unique to the ship because I haven't seen anything like this really, certainly not on this scale on other ships, even Royal Caribbean Suite, let alone other cruise lines. So I really like it. I think Tiny Wonders is an amazing little thing. So definitely check it out. No pun intended when I said amazing little thing because Tiny Wonders. Anyway, uh, it's, it's really cool and definitely making my list at number three. At number two, you might have some people already saying, Matt, I can't believe you haven't talked about it yet, but I'm going to mention it now. And that's the boardwalk. And the neighborhood concept in general, and we talked about this in Central Park, but I love the concept of neighborhoods on the Oasis-class ships. I mean, it's a really great way of breaking apart the ship, but also giving the ship different feels. And it's not just a long ship with long decks that just go on indefinitely. It breaks it up. It makes it a whole lot easier to navigate because then you're thinking to yourself, where is that carousel? Oh, yeah, it's in the boardwalk. Where is, you know, Chops Girl? Oh, yeah, it's at Central Park. I mean, it helps mentally compartmentalize everything and the boardwalk is again i think central park is still my favorite but boardwalk is right up there it's just beautiful it's a great idea it's basically this whimsical look back to the old boardwalks of yesteryear maybe like if you've uh, ever been to the atlantic city boardwalk probably it's before my generation but you know the the, the classic atlantic city boardwalk experience that kind of a at basically any of those boardwalks on the atlantic coast that you know right by the beach and kind of evoke that sense of yeah, a really fun, whimsical yesteryear experience. And and the boardwalk area on Oasis of the Seas really achieves that, I think. I love it. Because you walk in and you, you're you instantly, there's, as you as soon as you, cl- you walk into the boardwalk, you're going to see, of course, the carousel. And the carousel is the focal point of the whole area. It's the weenie, if you will, if you're an architect. And it's the area that basically is, draws you in because it's this cool, classic a little carousel that is just fun to ride. It's free. You get on there. It, it's cool. It's a great photos. And, and I love that 
it's just it, it feels right at home there. You've also got one of my favorite little tidbits about the boardwalk is the fortune teller. And I believe it's the fortune teller, the same fortune teller, the same name, of the fortune teller from the movie Big Tom Hanks is the movie going back in the back in the was it the 80s, 90s, where uh, Tom Hanks is a young or the character is a young child wishes to be big. And one day he wakes up and he's like, you know, 30 years old. And 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 he does it so by wishing through this machine this vending. It's not a vending machine, but it's a it's a little machine, the little fortune teller, dude. You put your nickel or dime or whatever the, the currency was back in the day. You put it in there. You tell the th- it asks you, you know, the, this talking head goes, you know, what is your wish? And you say, I wish for another week on this cruise. And then the hurricane comes. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, you, you know and he spits out a little card and you read your 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 fortune. And, you know, it's it's a really cool thing. Again, it's maybe because I just like the movie Big a lot. It's a cool little area. I love what they've just done with it. Of course, the other major part of the board, what we haven't talked about, is the Aqua Theater. And this is a really cool idea. Instead of having a theater where that's always indoors and closed off and, you know, just the same old, more, you know, just every theater you've ever been to in your life. Instead, it's an amphitheater that's built into the ship. You've got this amazing pool in front of you where you've got high divers and, and performances. And it's just a, such a cool thing. And in fact, if you are lucky enough to be staying in one of the suites that are in the boardwalk area, you're going to of course have a great balcony view of the aqua theater. And I'll tell you anybody who, who goes to one of these suites, who, you know, ponies up the money for it, and enjoys it, they'll tell you that view from those balconies are unparalleled and amazing. And having that kind of access is a huge boon. So, you know, and then, of course, there's dining over here. I mean, you've got tons of restaurants. You've got Johnny Rockets on Oasis. Now you have Sabor. So, of course, I'm slightly biased. I'm going to say that's the most amazing thing ever. But, you know, you, you've got that on board the, the, the boardwalk area. And, you, you know, there's it's just an amazing spot. And and I really think, you know, Central Park is great for walking. I agree. And at night, same thing. Central Park uh, boardwalking, in fact, turns into another different area. It kind of transforms itself with the beautiful colors. And, you know, with because it's an open area, the Central Park is closed off, right? You're in kind of a canyon almost. But in the boardwalk, it, it just opens out to the aft of the ship. So you've got a great breeze going on there. It's a wonderful little spot. And I'll tell you, again, if you're going to find me on, on an Oasis Clash, I'm going to be one of two places. Well, Sabor. All right, so three places. Sabor, but but the Boardwalk or Central Park. And, and I think that's because of just how really impressive these spots are. And it is a testament really to Royal Caribbean and their designers for, for really thinking outside of the box in both these cases. And again, it's just one of those. You have to see it to believe it, to understand it, in fact. But the Boardwalk coming in at number two. And my number one thing, element activity, what have you on the Oasis of the Seas has to be, and I knew this before I started recording, and that is definitely dining, dining, and more dining. You have to remember, let's go back, because again, we've, we've had Oasis of the Seas, we've had Allure of the Seas, Quantum of the Seas, and now Anthem of the Seas. We're, we've been spoiled, because if you go back before the Oasis class, let's let's go back in the time machine here, <clears throat> rev it up, <clears throat> all right, where's that button, uh, 1885, no, 1955, no, oh yeah, here it is, we're going to go back to 2006, because of course the Oasis of the Seas was starting construction in 07, and launched in 08, so I just picked 2006 as a good year example, because before the Oasis class ships, dining on board Royal Caribbean ships and, and other ships in general, was really relegated to, we had the main dining room. And maybe you had one or two specialty restaurants, you know, certainly on Freedom of the Seas, it was, which at the time was the biggest ship in Royal Caribbean's fleet. And that was, you know, that had what? Chops Grill and Portofino. And that was it. 
two two restaurants two these days if you tell me that you're going on a cruise ship with just two restaurants two special restaurants it's like what what cruise ship are you going on because you know since then it's exploded royal caribbean has spread this concept across its fleet and on oasis of the seas You've actually got 25 dining options to choose from. That is a lot. I mean, just it's incredible, really. And I love the choice. I mean, there's just so much to choose from. Izumi, Sabor, Chops Grill, Giovanni's Table, Park Cafe, Johnny Rockets, my beloved Winjamere, and so much more. I mean, it's, it's amazing to think about because Oasis of the Seas revolutionized how we look at dining on board. And I think it's really going to be a testament. It, it's the, if we, we come up with the, the Mount Rushmore, of of cruise ships, especially in Royal Caribbean, so Oasis has got to be up there because what it did for dining really was what it, it broke the mold. It didn't just break the mold; it destroyed it. And and since then, every other ship, not just Royal Caribbean, just in general across the the industry, has been about putting in dining because they recognized, hey, people want choice. They want to have these opportunities. They want to have. I mean, people love the main dining room. I love the main dining room as well. But they like to have that options, right? Maybe you feel like going to having sushi every night of your cruise and, and going to a Zoom because that's what you want to do. Maybe you want to have a nice dinner out and you want to get a little dressed up and you go to, you know, Chops Girl, of course, has been around uh, for, forever, really. But, you know, it's you have that choice of Giovanni's table. Maybe you want to go and you're in the mood for one of those great roast beef sandwiches at the Park Cafe. I mean, it really shows you the impact that dining has had across the fleet by what, what, what we see here on the Oasis of the Sea. So, I got to give credit, number one, dining on board the Oasis of the Seas. There's so much, and it's – these days, it's – I hate to say it. It's almost like, okay, yeah, it's not that impressive anymore because we're used to it now. I mean, remember, Royal Caribbean then took every, all this concept and spread it across their fleet. And, of course, Lord of the Seas came around. They got a ton of dining as well. The Quantum class came out. They have even more dining. So it's – you know, you, you, you get this, you know, flood of restaurants across old older ships, newer ships – and you almost t- start taking it for granted, really. But you got to give credit where credit is due. And the dining on board Oasis of the Seas really was was really well thought out, well planned. And and I'm really I, I still uh, am impressed by what it is. So you know, if you're going on Oasis of the Seas, you say, Hey Matt, what am I going to do on there? What should I look to? You know, what's the must dos? I got to tell you, no, <laughs> pack your stretchy pants because it is the place to go for eating and dining and really enjoying all sorts of different foods. So number one there, Oasis of the Seas. But of course. That's my top five list. I have no doubt that you have your own top five for Oasis of the Seas. I'd love to hear about it. So you know what? Email me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. We'll read some of yours on an upcoming episode, and we'd love to discuss that because there's just so much on this amazing ship. From the start of this podcast, I've wanted this experience on this podcast to be about not just me, but about you helping you plan and have a better Royal Caribbean cruise experience. And of course, this is what this part of the show is about. And I also like to make sure I recognize people that help the podcast out. And of course, those are people that always go out and leave these great reviews on iTunes. And we've got one here this week to read. It's from Cruising Amy. Who writes, thanks for the awesome podcast. I really look forward to listening every week. I find them extremely interesting and informative. They fuel my cruising planning addiction and also make me realize that I am not alone in my cruise planning disease. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Thank you, Amy. And of course, uh, thank you everybody who's leaving these wonderful reviews on iTunes. You can just go to iTunes. It takes just a couple of minutes. You leave the review. And, I, and of course, I thank you for that first and foremost. And I'll also thank you by reading it on the air because I want to recognize people who do that. Now, also earlier in the episode, you might have heard me mention about a lure. This is a hint that I'll be talking about that later. And I also wanted to make sure that 
I, I remind everybody about one of the really cool events we're having planning, and that is our next Royal Caribbean blog group cruise, which is currently planned for Allure of the Seas on Sunday, February 21st, 2016. This is going to be a really fun experience. We, of course, just got done with our group cruise on Quantum of the Seas last month, and we had such a great time on board. I, I didn't know what to expect, honestly. This is our first one. We had a great group of people, and I got on there, and we just spent so much time together. We had such a great time that while we were on board, I was planning on thinking, this is my plan. I was going to go. I was going to take the cruise. I was going to have a great time. I was going to come home and then figure out what I wanted to do if we were going to do another group cruise. But I'll tell you, within a couple of days, I knew instantly what the answer was. That not only are we going to have another one, we got to plan another one almost immediately. I sat down. We figured it out. We looked at some options, and we picked out this cruise. I think it's going to be a wonderful sailing. It's going to be Right in February. You know what the thing about February is? It's right at the. It's in the second half of winter, which is the part of winter nobody likes because you're sick of snow, you're sick of cold, you want to get out of there, and, and you know it's it's April right now, so it's not too hard to remember how frustrating it was when it's like it's going to snow again, it's going to be under you know, sub freezing temperatures again. So to have a break right at that time of year, I think is going to be really nice. And of course, we're going on the largest cruise ship in the world, Allure of the Seas, where we are going to have, I think, an amazing time on a Western Caribbean itinerary. Labadee, Falmouth, and Cozumel. Great ports. Ports I talk about quite often, in fact. And it's I think this is an amazing experience. So I'm going to direct you right now to RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. If you go to our show notes, i got a link there. If you go to the top of the page, you'll see a link right for our group cruise. Anyway, you'll get there. you get the information. Fill out that form there on the, fee- on the page, and you will have an opportunity to be able to get in contact with our travel partners and they can help you book this. It's some great rates right now actually going on for this cruise and that's part of the reason why we picked it. But you know, I think it's gonna have it's gonna be an amazing time. And I'm hoping that you'll be able to join us for it because I would love to sail with as many friends as possible. And I'll tell you with the group that we had, we had such a great time. I, I can't even imagine what kind of experience we're gonna have here on alert and I'm hoping so many more of you can join us because it's one of those things when you're there on the group cruise together it's it, you can't convey it in words here. You can't convey it in words in writing on the blog. It's just a it's that kind of an opportunity, and it's going to be so much fun. So please, please hope you'll join us for it. Allure of the Seas, February twenty first, and that of course more details at Royal Caribbean Blog dot com. All right, let's jump into our emails here, and we've got an email from Daryl in Florida. Hi Matt, love the show. I've listened to every episode and look forward to every Wednesday. Helps with the commute. I am fortunate enough to live in Central Florida and enjoy cruising as often as possible. Love the Enchantment of the Seas for a quick weekend getaway. My question is regarding the WoW Band and pool drinks. Does the waiter have some sort of device to scan the WoW Band, or do I have to get my lazy self out of the lounger to pay for my cocktails? I figure you must have encountered this on the Quantum, thanks to the great podcast. P.S. You sometimes mention Kaylee and James of CruiseCast, but they seem to have stopped producing their very good podcast. Do you know if I am just not finding them out on the internet, or they're coming back one day? Great question, and uh, let's start with... We'll start with your wild band question. The answer is you don't have to get off your lazy, get out of your seat. You can stay lazy, keep lounging. But at least when I was on Quantum of the Seas, you actually had to give them your wow band. They would go back to the, it didn't seem like they had a mobile scanner. They had to go back to, I mean, they had to go back to get your drink anyway. So I figured, I guess, I think the rationale is they take your wow band, they go back to, just like they would take your seat pass card, they get your drink, they come back, you get back at your wow band, and of course your receipt with it. Uh, I'm not sure why they don't have a, a, a mobile scanner. I'm guessing because, they're, again, they're carrying drinks most of the time, and maybe it's too bulky to have that scanner there. I'm not sure because most of the scanners I've seen are attached to the tablet devices that they use. So, it, you know, again, if you're going to use that, one of their hands is gone. 
and it's kind of hard to bring drinks around. So I'm guessing that's what it is. I, w- I agree. It would be nice to be able to just put your wrist up and do that. But at least the good news is you're not getting out of your lounger. So hope that helps you there. And, you know, CruiseCast, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. And unfortunately, it seems like they are on hiatus right now. I know that they've been going through some changes personally in terms of where they've been they're moving and, and doing all that. But I'm hoping they're going to come back because I, I think they are. They do a great job. And I always enjoyed listening. And, of course, you know, I've been on some of their episodes before, and it was really fun. So I'm with you there, Daryl. I hope they, they come back. And big shout-out to my good friends, like Kaylee and James. Hope you guys uh, return to the podcasting world. There's plenty of room for all of us. <laughs> let's, let's bring some friends back, right? Next, we have an email from... Who is our next email from? It's from Scott from Irving, Texas. I really enjoyed your show. My brother-in-law and his wife invited us to join them on an Alaska cruise, so we're booked on Jewel of the Seas this June. Have been listening to you on WDW Today. I soon found the show and love it. This will be our first Royal Caribbean cruise. We cruised Disney Cruise Line four times in the Bahamas and Caribbean. This will be our first cruise without the kids. We're leaving that home with their granny. It was great to hear Len talk about the differences, but I'm curious about how an older ship compares to Disney. I've listened to your shows about Jewel, but haven't had any on Alaska Cruising or the Ports of Call. I'd love to learn more about this unique destination. Thanks to your family for sharing so much of your your time with us. I know it must take a lot of time and effort to put on such a great program. Thanks for all you do for all of our fans. You know, this is a great email, Scott. There's two parts to this, obviously. One is, of course, comparing Jewel of the Season. If you're familiar with the the Disney ships, actually, Jewel of the Season compares very well to the Disney Magic and Disney Wonder, the two older ships in the fleet, because they're both about the same size, and they're both about the same age. I think, actually, the Disney ships are older, if I think about it, because those were built in the 90s. Um, But at any rate, Jewel's a great ship, and I think that its age and size are a big misnomer. People assume, you know, with those days, we just talked about Oasis and Seas, right? That the smaller ships is like, it's almost like, oh, you know, why would you even bother with those kinds of ships? But they really offer a lot. I loved my time on Jewel of the Seas. I sailed on Jewel of the Seas out of uh, Puerto Rico two years ago, and it was a wonderful time. Really just, we loved it. I thought the ship was really nice, and I love the Radiance class in general for the for the for what they've done with that ship, the amount of glass on board, the ability to see the sea almost everywhere on board. It's a really cool ship. So I don't think you're having any problems with that. I would not worry about it at all. Now, in terms of cruising to Alaska, yeah, it's a different animal than cruising to the Caribbean. And we've we actually had some listener questions about that. And I'm working, actually, to bring on someone to talk about just Alaska cruising in general. Because the ports are a very integral part of it, right? It's not like the Caribbean, per se, where you're just on board and you have to get off. You get off the ship. I think in Alaska, it's very much more about sightseeing and, of course, enjoying the natural wonders that are abound in Alaska. And, you know, each port is very different. Some ports are, and I think this is very true, tourist traps. Some are, you know, all there's nothing to do except go see the natural wonders. Of course, the glaciers. I mean, there's a lot that's involved in that. And I think we, and I know, in fact, we are going to be talking about that in an upcoming episode. So, so hopefully, Scott, we'll get to you, we'll get to that topic before your cruise there. But I think you're going to have a great time going to Alaska. And, you know, I, I, I can't wait to get there myself. My wife is dying to do it. So I'm hoping that when the kids get a little bit older, we're going to have a chance to go do it. Or we'll do what you did, Scott. Leave them home with the grandparents, right? <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Scott. Next, we have an email from Alan who writes, I'll be going on a cruise on Oasis of the Seas May 2nd and was wondering if the live pay-per-view events are televised anywhere on the ship. What's being called by some as the fight of the century, the Manny Pacquiao-Floyd Mayweather match will be taking place on the first night of our cruise. Do you know if any of the numerous bars on the ship show sporting events like this, or maybe if the casino has sports betting, perhaps they would be showing the fight. Thanks for your help. Love the podcast. 
So because it's a pay-per-view, I know like you go to like your your local bar, I'm sure they'll have it. There's got that rule about it. You know, they, they usually will purchase it. But on board, I've never seen that. And of course, I've seen events like the, the Summer Olympics and playoffs in, in various sports on board. But those are, of course, broadcast for free. So I'm not sure. The X factor in this, of course, with Wastes of the Seas now, they have the high-speed internet. And I have no idea. <laughs> but if the Pacquiao-Mayweather match is being somehow streamed online for a cost, you theoretically could do it that way. But I don't think anyone's really going to know the answer to this unless someone's been on a cruise ship where they've had the a pay-per-view event broadcast there. Because I can't imagine they would. I, I, I just don't know how they're television contracts work and 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 how all that kind of plays itself out but that being said i my gut if i were to tell you you got to bet one way or the other i would probably say it's not going to be but i would look at a any online options there and b of course as soon as you get on board the ship go look for it now manny pacquiao if i'm not mistaken is from the philippines and if that's the case there's tons of filipinos that are working on the ship go ask them find a couple of them and uh, and see what the deal is. I'm sure someone's got it somewhere. They got it. I mean, you got to think it for for. I know that the, that they're very proud of what uh, Manny Pacquiao doing. And of course, this is a huge boxing event. By the way, that's what we're talking about. So, hopefully, but I don't know. I might I might keep your expectations low just in case. So, hope I'm sorry that isn't maybe the answer you're looking to hear, Alan. But I think I have a great time nonetheless. So, let's move on to our next email it's from Christy uh, Chris Rowland. Sorry of Marlton, New Jersey. And listen to your latest podcast this morning. I know I'm a little behind. I was busy following you on the Quantum of the Seas. Anyway, not sure if you got any on the horse racing yet, but I actually got to participate in a race. It was on the Voyager of the Seas, I think back in 2003. What they did was auction off horses at the pool. People would bid, and the highest bidders won a horse. I think they auctioned eight horses, and they went for a couple hundred dollars each. Luckily, I was with a group of 14, so we all chipped in and bought one. So we get this wooden horse, and horse in quotation marks, that was more of a horse head with a pole with legs so it could stand on its own. We then had a day to decorate our horse for the race the next day. We gave him a Rasta wig and a cool outfit. So the next day, you bring your horse to the pool, and at the designated time for the race, there's a track on the deck, and the horse is advanced by dice rolls. You would think we were watching the Kentucky Derby. Everyone was screaming for their horse and having a great time. We actually won. Can't remember how much we got. I think it was over $1,000, though. It would be great if Royal Caribbean could bring it back. It was really a lot of fun. That's cool. Thank you, Chris. I, you know, we were talking about that, I think, when one of the last couple episodes, we had Michael Poole on, and we were talking about, oh, our favorite cruising traditions. People keep bring up horse racing. I'm like, horse racing? I've never heard of this. So there you go. Thank you, Chris. Also, Chris mentions as another uh, topic here, on another subject, I'm not sure if it's discussed on this podcast already, but I'm curious about booking your next cruise while on your current cruise. What are the advantages over just booking after you're off the ship? Is it better than using the credit anchor discounts? Actually, if you haven't done it already, maybe you could discuss on the show all the different ways of booking, travel agent, website on your own, on the ship, talk about the advantages and disadvantages of each. Thanks so much for all your hard work and the blog and podcast, and especially for your live blogs from Quantum of the Seas. I know how hard it is to take time out for all the fun or sleep and write up reports for those on shore, but I really appreciated it. Hopefully, the next group cruise will be announced soon. Of course, you know about the, uh, the Chris. We've got the Alert of the Seas. Come join us, Chris. We'll, you you and I can write blog posts together. <laughs> so the that's a great question. It's a loaded question. There's so much there about you know uh, uh, about uh, booking on board and all that. Let's, let's talk about the basics of it. And maybe we will have to do an episode coming up here about kind of the different booking mechanisms. But the reason why I really like booking on board, the reason why you should really strongly consider booking on board is for the onboard booking discount. So 
there's, you know, Royal Caribbean at any given time has any promotion that's going on. These days at the recording of this podcast, it's the BOGO deals. You know, you buy one, get one 50% off and it's various iterations, right? Okay. Anybody can get that. You and I can get that right now. We can call up Royal Caribbean. Hey, or call up our travel agent. We'd like to book it and we'll get that promotion. Booking on board gets you that same promotion, whatever Royal Caribbean's running at at the time, but you're also getting an onboard booking bonus. And that bonus is usually in the form of onboard credit. Royal Caribbean actually changed this program not too long ago. They gave you the, back in the day, it was you book the cruise, you put down a deposit, and then you would get an onboard booking bonus based on the category that you happened to book. Okay, makes sense. But the credit was on your next cruise. So when you actually book that cruise, you would have that onboard credit there and you know, okay, it's free money, right? Why not? Because you're going to book a cruise another way. Why not book something and get that free money? These days, they've actually given you the choice. You can still do that. You can put down the money, pay it, and when you take your cruise, like I just did this for Allure of the Seas, I did the same thing. I was on Quantum of the Seas. I did that. I booked it. I have my credit waiting for me when I get on Allure of the Seas in February. But you also have the option of now taking that credit with you right then on the spot. So, you know, you're you're on whatever ship you're on and you book your next cruise, you can actually, instead of waiting to use that money, you can use it right then on the spot and use it. It'll be applied to your, your account. And really, again, the benefit of booking on board is you get that bonus. You get It's free money, essentially. So if you're in the mindset, I am definitely going to take a Royal Caribbean cruise at some point. Maybe you know the exact sailing, maybe you don't. But if you know that's the case, you should absolutely book on board because it's free money. I mean, you're just missing out on free money. So you get the same benefits, any same perks as, as booking elsewhere, but you get that that credit. And that's a huge thing. And that can be combined usually with almost every promotion that's out there. And and, and I used to do the the next cruise. Next cruise was this idea. It was an open booking. These the, the Unfortunately, the open booking program has been kind of watered down a little bit in the last couple of years. So you're better off if you're booking a specific sailing. But just book something. You can always change it. It can transfer it. And, and there's no penalty. So, you know, basically the only downside, I mean, the downside is you're, you're going to pay, usually it's like $100, whatever, the, it's like a, a deposit amount, whatever the deposit amount, depending on the cabin, blah, blah, blah. That amount is going to be Royal Caribbean's forever. You can never get it back. So even if you decide after that cruise, you're never taking another Royal Caribbean cruise, well, you're going to be out that money. So that's the only downside. But again, that's why I'm saying if you're pretty certain you're going to be taking another cruise at some point in the future, ever, then that's why I really highly recommend booking on board because it's free money. That's really the the best way to sum it up. And you can still use your own, the, you can still get credit for the booking to your travel agent if you have one. It's it's very simple. Probably the only bad thing about it, the other thing is that there's usually lines for the next cruise office in terms of booking on board. And the best thing you can do, and I learned this the hard way in Quantum of the Seas, go early in the cruise. Go like the first day. Go the second day of the cruise Get it out of the way. There won't be a line there. There's usually actually a book outside of the next cruise office where you can make appointments and just get it done early. Either make your reservation, your appointment early, or just go in and just spend 30 minutes and, and get it taken care of because as the cruise progresses, people start having a great time. Like, yeah, hey, I'm going to go on another cruise again. And the lines get longer and longer and longer. So it's probably the best thing you can do is definitely take advantage of it early. But I absolutely recommend, again, if you know you're going to take another Royal Caribbean cruise, no reason not to book something on board because then at least you'll get that free money, essentially. So hopefully that answered your question there, Chris. 
And our last email this week will be from Paul Westbrook from East Brunswick, New Jersey, where it's Matt. Hope you had a great trip on Quantum. Thanks so much for the daily blog from your vacation, the podcast from the ship. Well, everything. I'm still cracking up at the thought of you walking into the Xbox room and all the kids tearing you down. It's true. They totally didn't make me feel welcome at all. Those jerks. That's all right. I'll go beat them up at video games later. A question. Thinking of the relationship between Give Kids the World and the Walt Disney World, is there a charitable foundation for assisting children and their families to be able to take a Royal Caribbean cruise? Many thanks and be well, my friend. This is a great question about charities. Royal Caribbean actually has a great relationship with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which, of course, helps uh, children with life-threatening illnesses be able to take a cruise. And there's a program that they have called Wishes at Sea, and this has been on every single Royal Caribbean ship I've ever been on. Basically, one day of the cruise, usually it's a sea day, usually it's towards the end of the cruise, but check the cruise compass. There's an event. You'll go up to the pool deck, usually. They'll be selling these T-shirts. It's like $10, $15, something like that. But all the proceeds go towards the Make-A-Wish Foundation. You put on the shirt, then you walk around the the pool deck together. So everyone's wearing these Make-A-Wish Foundation shirts. And you can actually go out there and not... You don't have to buy a shirt. You can just show your support. But it's it's it. all the money goes to the, the foundation, and it helps that foundation helps kids with these unfortunate life-threatening illnesses be able to go on it pays for the entire experience for the for the child for their family to go on a Royal Caribbean cruise and and have really just you know a, a wonderful vacation it's a wonderful little program so again of course you should I always encourage people to donate in general to to, to great charities like make a wish but if you're going to be on board a ship you know why not give a little bit back towards this great foundation and of course it's an onboard activity it's a lot of fun I've done it and I, I encourage everybody to check it out so cruise compass you'll see is it's usually called the uh, Walk for Wishes or Wishes at Sea, something like that, and it's it's a great little thing. So, really, kudos to Royal Caribbean for not just you know, of course, you know, giving money probably on a, on a corporate level, but also providing an event like this for passengers to be able to give back a little bit during their vacation, so other others can have a great vacation with their uh, with their sick children. So, very cool stuff. And of course, uh, thank you everyone for checking out the podcast, man. I got to tell you, you guys really make this so much fun i mean i just have such a great time recording these episodes and you know i'm sitting here and i'm planning the episode out and i'm thinking about what i'm going to talk about and i get through the podcast and i start going going you know what i have such a great time doing it i love talking real caribbean i hope you're enjoying talking with me and of course i want to hear from you so if you've got questions comments suggestions thoughts anything about real caribbean there's so much going on these days with this company you know share with me your ideas your thoughts anything on your mind this is your podcast your forum i want you to feel we're friends here you and i we're, we're just talking royal caribbean together let's do it every week so email me matt m-a-t-t at royal caribbean blog.com would love to hear from you so until next time i'm matt hotchberg and we'll talk again soon